0: Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show.
1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
0: It's a Monday on Fantasy Sports today as Joe Pizapia, Craig Misher in the house recapping everything that happened in week seven Of the NFL, also taking a look at the Monday night football game between the Jets and Patriots. We got so much to get to. Can't wait to get started as fantasy sports today starts now.
1: Fantasy sports today.
0: And good afternoon. Welcome in fantasy sports today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizapia on Twitter. You can follow us without a doubt on Twitter at Craig Mish at Joe Pizapia 17. Our producer once again, as always, Sean Guastamacchia as we recap everything that happened in week seven in fantasy football. We'll go through all the games one by one. Take a look at some of the box scores. There are some injuries to get to as well. And Joe, uh, some points scored this weekend. Some uh, some fun games, some really good outcomes, some disappointing outcomes as well.
2: We'll dive all into it today on the Monday show. Yes, definitely some up and down. I think that's a very kind way of putting it. Uh, a lot of fun, a lot of bad and uh, an injury that you and I didn't get to talk about. And I feel like part of that injury on Thursday night was my fault because I got it right with the Chiefs. And it reminded me of that scene in Infinity War, which I don't know if you're familiar. I don't know if you're a Marvel guy. But oh. it's that it's that scene at the end where Thanos and look, you've had enough time to watch them by now, but Thanos snaps his fingers and he says uh, and it gets rid of basically half the population. That's what happens. And the little girl, the little version of Gamora comes up to him and says, did you do it? And he says, yes. And he and she says, and what did it cost you? And he says everything. And there you go. There it was we finally got a win on Thursday night. I wasn't awful and I ruined Patrick Mahomes. So you can blame me. You can keep all of your hatred on me. It's my fault. I, I, yeah. I, I'm sad. Well,
0: I wasn't going to do that today, but I no, know that you were. No. You know, certainly have. I think I Mahomes. A lot of Mahomes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's it. That's yep. It cost, cost me everything, Craig. Everything. All right. Well, look. You know, you'll pick up Matt Moore or somebody else. You'll. I, I pick up Tannehill. Up yeah, <laughs> Tannehill. <laughs> that that, that was pretty much the high water mark. But we'll get to that in a minute. Um, as we as we dive into fantasy. By the way, we're here for two hours every day from noon to two Eastern. Make sure that you tune in, like, subscribe. And make sure you listen to our podcast. Got some good comments over the weekend from people that listen to us as well. And so let's dive right into it. Uh, There is one quarterback that is not available on the waiver wire that looks like he's having a renaissance. And it's time, I think, at this point to maybe take a fresh look at Aaron Rodgers, Joe, who had an absolute career day against the Raiders with five passing touchdowns and I believe a rushing touchdown as well. Uh, 40-plus fantasy points, basically the best quarterbacking day of his career the best fantasy quarterbacking day of anybody in 2019. And I wonder if, if this is a sign of things to come, maybe it just took some time with Matt LaFleur, but certainly uh, it it looked like this was setting up for a running day for Green Bay. It was nothing of the sort. They were throwing all over the place. Valdez uh, who who didn't do anything in the first half and, and wasn't even supposed to play, ended up having a great game and, Boy, a completely different script played out, but Aaron Rodgers owners all of a sudden are like, wow, like this is who I thought I drafted at the beginning of the season.
2: This was a very trying week for fantasy analysts and and good fantasy analysts, too, uh, because all the data that you've had to work with so far pointed in a lot of specific directions of this being a good play, this being a bad play, this being this kind of game. And a lot of that got flipped on its ear because it's sports and that's what makes it fun and that's what makes it exciting and that's what makes it something that we ever try to chase, not to predict but at least try to inform everybody. And this was a difficult one because Aaron Rodgers, if you watched on Monday, not too happy. Everything that was going wrong could Oakland Raiders come to town. Everything that could possibly go right went right. And I think the biggest takeaway from this one was Aaron Rodgers, I guess, finally realized that Look, it doesn't matter if I'm trying to do this. It's not like if I've got Devontae Adams and I want to throw him the ball specifically, I can't do that with anybody else on the offense. All I can do is go back to playing the position of quarterback, which is something, you know, this is Drew Brees 101. Find the open man. And that's what he did all day. He found the open guy all day long. He wasn't trying to force the ball to anyone in particular because basically he didn't have a preference anymore. And I think when he finally settled into that groove and certainly the Oakland secondary was very, very helpful in that fact. It was a brilliant thing to watch and a reminder that Aaron Rodgers still has some of those big days in him. Now, will this carry over? I don't know. I don't think any of us know for sure. But it was a great week. Hopefully you had him playing and you would never sit Aaron Rodgers. But at the same time, I don't know if we can expect a lot of 400 days. This is probably the best day you're going to see of Aaron Rodgers in the next three years, I would imagine. So take it, be happy with it, and hopefully next week we'll see what happens next.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was the best day of his entire career. I don't, I don't think that you'll see any game ever like this. But even if he's two touchdowns and 300 yards, it was it was of way, it was,
2: it was his entire career. That's that's interesting because you would have think with all that big Aaron, not Rogers even games, close, nothing wow. close.
0: This was the best day by far. Wow. of His career. So for well, sure. Good for him. Uh, uh, good
2: for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. the the other thing that I found interesting
0: yesterday watching and wondering to myself. And again, look, when, when it comes to the Patriots, who will play tonight and will we will preview that game. It's clear at this point that they're the favorite to win the Super Bowl. In fact, they're about two and a half to one, which is incredible at this stage of the year to see a favorite that's that close. Usually it's four to one is like the maximum that you would have in the uh, in the NFL. But watching the Ravens play yesterday against Seattle kind of I, I thought to myself, Joe, like this may be the one player that if New England can't figure out how to stop this guy, this is mm-hmm. the one guy in Lamar Jackson that I could see. Now historically speaking, that's what New England's been best at is stopping the
2: one guy. But yeah. I don't know that there is stopping this guy. Like, Well, they've it, stopped it, it, the running it, quarterback in the past, too. That's That's been because uh, uh, they've always had the kind of linebackers that were good with the spy technique kind of stuff where they were able to really kind of corral them in and make no them threat. stay in the pocket. There's no threat in the AFC, though. There is none. No, there so, isn't, but you're 100% right. I think this could I, be I have the, the same guy. This could yeah. be the guy. Oh, yeah. I, like there's absolutely every aspect of that could be the guy. And I had the same exact thought watching. It was like, well, he's the one dude. And I'll tell you what. If there was ever a swing in an MVP race, too, where you start to think, you know, because I, I was right here batting the table. Hey, this is a chance for Russell Wilson to put another notch, to that MVP belt, another piece on the resume, beat the Ravens and Lamar Jackson on that fourth and two coming back in on the field and not only getting it, but also score that touchdown. Man, that was that was impressive stuff. And you start to go, wow, where would the Ravens be without him? And it's I shudder to think of where they would be without Lamar Jackson. He is that team. Yeah, their defense isn't great, and they did lose no. that game to the Browns. They got smashed,
0: but but because the AFC competition is so thin that you know you get into a one-game spot where if this guy goes berserk, I could see it happening, and that's and really, to me, that's the only team that I see at this point that has any any chance of even knocking them off. It's just I'm not looking for someone to do it. I'm just looking for a reason to keep the AFC interested. Now, look, in the NFC, you know, Green Bay has played very well, and the Saints have played well, and you never know how, how another team could fare. New England, by the way in Super Bowls usually performs, but the games tend to be close. But uh, this is the one guy it's a little bit of a wild card for me because I, I don't think that I've seen anybody this dominant running the ball from the quarterback
2: position since Vic or Steve Young. I mean, he's been. Yeah, well, I mean, Cunningham was something a lot of people weren't prepared for in that era of football. But again, you could hit him. <laughs> so that's <laughs> something you can't do to Lamar Jackson. I think that's the difference. You're playing in an era where all of a sudden now that guy, when he is out in space, it's just you're so afraid to hit him because of the penalties, because of everything else, there's no message sending to Lamar Jackson. So he is far more dangerous in this era. And he would have been in any other era, too. I mean, John Elway, I mean, there's been rushing quarterbacks before. I mean, Elway was a handful because he really could throw the ball out of the pocket, too. But he's been brilliant. I also wonder, Craig, are we at a point where we can finally say that uh, Seattle's home field advantage, the vaunted home field advantage and how tough a building it is? Maybe that's that's gone. Is that a thing of the past? Because they yeah, may be so. good at home this year. Yeah,
0: maybe so. I mean, look for them to only be three point favorites in that game. Told you
2: something going two in, losses so. and they almost lost to the Bengals week one at home.
0: So, yeah. Strange outcome there. Uh, and if there isn't talent in the AFC, it's very top heavy. The NFC seems to have a bunch of teams that could take the reins of it. The Vikings won big yesterday, Joe. The Saints, I mean, the huge surprise for them to do what they've yeah. done without Drew Brees. They just keep Amazing. rolling. So those two teams, no matter what at this point, have to be contenders. And, uh, you know, look, I, I think at least the as the NFC gets gets closer to the end, it's going to be real
2: exciting to watch because the offenses and defenses are playing very well. No, yeah, absolutely. I, I You can certainly make a case that the NFC – is the favorite to win the Super Bowl, period. You know, as much as the Pats might be to get there in the AFC, that uh, I don't know if any of these AFC teams match what the Saints have done. Maybe what the 49ers have done, but the Vikings seem to be very dangerous. We'll see how bad that Adam Thielen injury is. I would be shocked if he plays Thursday. If he does, that's... I don't know if that's the best idea. You should probably be able to win that game anyway against the Redskins, but we'll find out soon enough. But the NFC looked really strong yesterday. We'll take a quick timeout.
0: When we come back, we'll start diving into all the games on Fantasy Sports today. Craig Mitchell, along with Joe Zapia, will begin with a career day for Aaron Rodgers. Don't go away.
3: Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing Daily Fantasy Hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount.
1: Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big
3: bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it
1: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pisapia. Fantasy Sports Today presents. First play from scrimmage. The opening drive.
2: The first play of the game. From the opening play
3: and all the way for a touchdown.
0: This is the opening drive on this Monday, October 21st, 2019. Craig Mish, Joe Pizapia, running down everything that's happening in fantasy sports, in reality sports, and even in a little bit of pop culture. So let's get the ball rolling here a little bit. Our first down play got to start at the top, Joe. 49ers. They are 6-0. It was an ugly game. The the field was wet. These guys were just slogging around. This was more of a red zone game for me than watching the entire game. I kept flipping in. Nothing was happening. Flipping in. Nothing was happening. There's got to be better games to watch than this one. Bottom line, they're 6-0. And uh, and right now, without a doubt, they have the best defense, maybe in the NFC, if not the NFL. But you got to give them credit where it's due. Some teams are playing tough, uh, especially these these poor teams. Dolphins play tough with Buffalo. Washington hung in there with San Francisco. Cincinnati for three quarters hung in there with Jacksonville. But look, the good teams are coming
2: out on top. San Francisco was one of them again yesterday. Well, the panic level that set in in the first quarter or so of that game in Buffalo. Oh, I can tell you as a survivor pool owner, <laughs> because basically it was like San Fran and Buffalo were probably the most popular picks remaining on the board. And oh, my goodness, uh, there was some real cause for concern, a lot of nail biting in that one. But 49ers played on a slip and slide. It was a fun game in that aspect to watch about guys just not being able to move if you enjoy the follies which i always like the follies you ever like the nfl follies when they used to yeah, like, I remember those the yeah. things on espn mm-hmm. too sure oh good times those are those are a simpler age but hey 49ers got the w we should uh, you kind of throw this game out because of the weather i mean i don't know how much you can really take away from this other than there's a stigma i feel like sometimes it always floated around the 49ers from them being kind of the wine and cheese team you know from northern california they're a little soft all this stuff I don't think you can say that about this team. I think this defense is very gritty. Uh, I think that this was important for them to go into a crappy weather situation and a rain and soaked field and go out there and put up a W in the mud. I think this was a really good character builder for them. I still think they're the third or maybe fourth best team in the NFC. I really do, despite the record. But I give them all the credit in the world. I think this was an important win for them because you want to prove to everybody, hey, we can win not only on the road, but we can win... In bad conditions. Now they got to win in bad conditions uh, against a good football team. You know if they're going to go into the snow at some point and play. We'll find out. But probably unlikely unless they end up in Green Bay in the playoffs at some point. But hey, win is a win, right? 6-0 49ers? you got to love it. I mean, they've basically locked up a playoff spot, I feel like. I mean, it's going to be really hard for them to miss the playoffs at this
0: point. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and listen, the important thing for them will be getting a home game, too, in, in December. Yeah, and it that looks like future. they're heading that direction. All right, second down, boy, interesting in the NFC West as well. The Cardinals, who are really coming on. I would not eliminate them from anything at this point, but eliminate them from telling us the truth, that's for sure. David Johnson, who was iffy going into the week, was upgraded on Friday to having a full practice, and then uh, basically, all of a sudden, appeared early part of the game, and then Chase Edmonds went off very quickly for two touchdowns. Then he threw up on the sideline. Then he came back in the game, scored another touchdown, After the game, the offensive coordinator of the Cardinals basically said we weren't going to play David Johnson. He was more of an emergency option. And of course, that just triggered everybody in fantasy, you know, blaming, blaming the, the Cardinals, blaming the beat writers, blaming people that cover the game. How could they not know? Man, you know, it's really interesting from my perspective, Joe, because in the one hand, I'm a fantasy analyst, so I do understand the angst that people will have toward beat writers and toward not getting the proper information. But I got to tell you, sitting on the other side, none of these people who are ripping the beat writers have ever been a beat writer. Like, you don't understand how that works. It is very no. hard to acquire it's, no, it's hard. this kind of information. And so and that it's kind of trust, more than information. It's the trust yeah. to tell I mean, you, hey, you know, so he so might be a beat It's so to me to see that because if you take, you know, somebody who has never covered a team before and has never been in a locker room or has never been in a clubhouse and say, go cover it, here's a mic, here's a press pass. You'll be pooping in your pants
2: the first yes. few times you do it. Oh, my God. We've got vomit and diarrhea do? here in the same segment. This is really I mean, high class it's, radio. It's, it's so,
0: honestly, so honestly, <laughs> I understand right, it from the fantasy point of view, but you don't know what it's like to have to cover a team and try and parse information from these people. No, or deal and with the so egos
2: and the, and the people in between. Difficult. It's
0: very difficult. It's very difficult. And on a baseball level, you obviously know this is how the grind of how many times you to be that in that I, locker room.
2: Yeah, to have to try
0: to get information it is not easy. And so I don't blame the beat writers at all. I understand that fantasy analysts are upset, but you can't put yourself in the shoes of these people who uh, are trying to acquire information from the team. And so disappointing result for sure. I think more of the takeaway for me joe is that how do you not play this guy Edmonds moving forward i think that's probably well the
2: yeah I'll, I'll put on two hats here first the hat of great job by the cardinals because they 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 fooled me and Edmonds was the guy and the giants weren't prepared for it and i wasn't prepared for it and they they care about w's they don't care about your football team so good job by them not leaking information like oh yeah he's just gonna be an emergency guy because that that changes a big deal what you do or your expectations if you're on the field and you see no david johnson that's going to change, I think, what you do on defense because I don't think you have quite uh, reached that stage where you have the same level of respect for Chase Edmonds that you do for David Johnson. That's fair. I'm not taking anything away from Chase Edmonds. It's just he hasn't done it as much as DJ has. Now, as a fantasy analyst, I'm the guy thrown up on the sidelines because I this made me ill because I had DJ everywhere because I knew whoever was running the football against the Giants was going to have a huge day, and I could not be more irritated that it was Chase Edmonds, and I'm really more irritated at myself because leading up to it on Sunday's show, as I'm going through the news and I'm going through these things, all that was in the back of my head is this. You know, maybe I should change one or two of these DFS shares out from DJ to Edmonds just to be sure. Just to be sure because there's something stinky here and whatever it is, and you know what? I didn't do it, and in retrospect, it was the wrong move. And look, that was, that was was. if you had Chase Edmonds, yeah, you made some money yesterday, and that sucks. And you're right in terms of season-long fantasy. As a flex play going forward, it seems like he has a really good trust level with uh, Kyler Murray. It seems like they're in lockstep, and it seems like they are starting to find an identity on offense, which is, I think, is the most important thing. And that identity is not Larry Fitzgerald anymore. By the way, you can let go of that, too. boys. is that, that gone on South quick? Yeah,
0: it has. But yeah, Edmonds is a Kingsbury guy. Remember, this is a new regime guy. Don't don't dismiss that either. That's that's part of the equation. That's not to say David Johnson at one point wasn't an elite running back in the NFL. But remember, the shelf life for running backs having good years in the NFL is two to three years. And that's it. There are yeah, always those guys every year. Yeah, I mean, it, look, it, this is the reality of the game, and we're seeing it all over the league. And look, for every Adrian Peterson or Devontae Freeman who's been around for a long time, uh, there's a Damian Williams who has a couple of years and gone. I mean, this is just part of, of the NFL. This is part of that. <laughs>
2: well, that's kind. I don't think Damian Williams even had a full year, but yes, you're right. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, Damian <laughs> Williams next year could be nowhere. I mean, it's, it's possible. And, and coming off a great year. All right.
0: Uh, baseball, no, we'll the it. Astros are the biggest favorite in almost two decades over the Nationals. Uh, look, uh, I mean, it, the Astros. That's bizarre there, to me. Yeah, <laughs> it's in just two decades. A big, yeah, a long time it's been. And look, yeah, all that just, pitching. What on on uh, Washington? On side. the Nat side,
2: yeah. Well, yeah, I look, mean, how many look, teams you, you walk want want to want to in they were shirtless? you want. Yeah, I'm okay, just saying. You how many times time have you it? You've seen an underdog with three legitimate Cy Young candidates, and they're the biggest underdog in two decades. That's crazy to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: look, the Houston's just, they're just studs all over the place, Joe. I mean, it's just, it's, oh, it's, it's dude, be, you it's, know know what? tough you
2: know me. I've got my Jose Altuve Game of Thrones bobblehead sitting here right the two feet away from me at the desk right now. So nobody loves Jose Altuve, and and I'm enjoying the Astros run. I think it's been great. It's a fun team to root for if you're a baseball fan, but. I don't know. You're a baseball guy. You know, momentum is only as good as the next day starting pitcher, right? That's that's truth. So how can there be such a vast favorite when you have three fantastic pitchers on the other side of this game? That's that's fascinating to
0: me. I think when you get into a game seven situation, Houston wins. And that's just like when we're talking about a series, that's the bottom line. Like Houston got into that situation in game six with the Yankees. They'll get into game seven. They'll still have Verlander. They'll still have Greinke. They'll still have Cole. And so, and, and with the and with the hitting they have, look, I understand, and your take is fine on that. The Washington definitely has all the more had all the momentum. They've had a week off before they're playing a game, but uh, you know, for me, it does make some sense. I just I I can't see Washington um, to doing this to the Astros, but you know, we'll see. That's why they play these things. All right, finally, uh, Florida Atlantic head coach Lane Kiffin was fined five thousand dollars, Joe, for making fun of the refs on Twitter, showing a bunch of blind guys in a uh, tweet, and uh, five
2: grand out of the pocket of Lane Kiffin at FAU, Joe. How about another grand for a lame tweet? Like, just just for, like, like really, the blind referee? Is that the best we can do? How does this clown still get employed everywhere? It gives me hope for you and me that no matter how stupid we are, you and I will always find work because Lane Kiffin somehow still gets a job. People want to talk about, like, favoritism and all these things, right? His daddy was a hell of a football coach, you know? What the hell Lane Kiffin ever done besides ruin everything he touches?
0: No, FAU's a good, a good, uh, he's uh. brought a lot of attention to FAU. He does. He has. I, I give him credit for that. Now with the previous places, not so much, especially with, uh, uh, uh yeah. Florida, Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What we got to do is we got to take a quick time out here on the show. We'll come back. We'll dive into the box scores. Fantasy sports today coming back right after this.
1: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pisapia. The Monday Replay. Well, hear number three. The Monday Replay.
3: Uh oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays.
0: Welcome back. It is Fantasy Sports Today. You want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Well then join DailyRoto.com. Learn from the best daily fantasy sports players, get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you're playing Daily Fantasy Hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com is where millionaires are made and with the hockey season in full swing and the NBA just about to tip off their regular season it is a great time for sports got college basketball starting up in about uh, about 3 weeks which is probably like my third favorite of all of uh, all of the sports so i uh, can't wait for that to get started i got to start doing my research on that no doubt all right didn't require a lot of research yesterday for what happened between the packers and raiders uh, Aaron Rodgers 429 five passing touchdowns one rushing touchdown 40 plus points in fantasy highest quarterback fantasy day of the season for anyone Aaron Jones 50 rushing yards 33 receiving yards Valdez Scantling wasn't going to play then he did then he didn't then he did that's basically the story He didn't do anything in the first half two uh, catches 133 touchdown all in the second half huge catch that he had for a touchdown at the end of the game Jimmy Graham I don't know how he does it keeps proving me wrong four for 65 and a touch Jamal Williams also caught a receiving touchdown uh, David Carr, 293 on the side of the Raiders, two touchdowns, one interception, one huge fumble running into the end zone. Uh, Should have known better than to kind of throw the ball in there. And it was a touchback that kind of moved the game in Green Bay it direction.
2: It, it did. Not sure. Yeah. yeah, you never know how things could change. Well, that's, it's a that's momentum a swing. Football that, is that was a, such big a momentum one. And was that, that one. was definitely a big moment. I think the, the other takeaway, eight different players on the Packers with two or more catches. So that goes back to the earlier point I made in the first segment, which is this is the Aaron Rodgers that, can become a fantasy nightmare again for opponents when he starts playing like this, as opposed to trying to funnel the guy to a specific dude you know, funnel the ball to a specific dude over and over again. Plus all five touchdowns all went to different receivers too. And or running back. So it wasn't like one dude just had a huge day. That was, um this was about as good as you can get playing the position of quarterback. And it was good to see Aaron Rodgers get back to that uh, for whatever reason it is. Now, I don't know when, or if we're going to get Adams back, I guess the frustrating thing is had he just had the surgery he probably would have been back already, but he didn't want to yeah. do that. So he had the rehab and instead now he's missing more time. So I don't know, man, it's pretty frustrating right now. If you're a Devonte Adams owner, I don't know what you do. Yeah. Well, they keep winning. What's the point? They mean as, well, as well as just yeah. wait. Well, that's, until he's and that's, and going that's what out. makes it worse. You keep winning football games and they keep going Oh, Don't worry about it. Just get right. Just get right. And from a fantasy yeah. owner standpoint, it might be time to cup eight and take what you can get.
0: Jacobs 21 for one twenty-four. got off to a great start. The game script changed. And then that was yeah. more or less it for him, but he's been a star. Uh, Waller has been the best fantasy tight end, no doubt about that. Seven catches, one twenty six, two touchdowns, and then Moreau ended up having a touchdown. And and look, as good as Green Bay has played, I've been wrong about them a lot this season, including this game here. I thought the Raiders would also keep it close. To me, it's it's yes, the Green Bay came alive and they scored six touchdowns in this game. But Joe, no one can ever predict what the Raiders are going to do on a week to week. No, oh my is, god, this is impossible. <laughs> It's impossible. I mean, this was a perfect spot for them. I mean, an absolute perfect spot. So let's kind of recap here. The Raiders go to Indianapolis, smash (laughs) the Colts in the face. They Uh go to London. They go up 17-0 on the Bears. The Bears come (laughs) back to take the lead 21-17. And then they come back to win that game. And then with two weeks off, they lay a dud against Green Bay. I mean, yeah, I'm just, they lay a
2: dud against Green Bay. And then next is, week, they go to Houston. So they play the Texans. So watch. And they'll be they'll be within a point there. It's, I don't know, man. very I can't unpredictable. You. But you're very right. Waller was brilliant. Too. It was nice to see Waller get some touchdowns, too, because as good of a PPR tight end he has been, he's been a little negligent in the touchdown category. Uh, so, yeah, it's been Mark Andrews. It's been Austin Hooper. It's been Darren Waller. Those are the guys who've been carrying the workload. Uh, over there at tight end. And now with the Mahomes injury too, God knows where we're going to have Kelsey. And uh, that's uh, that's going to be tricky for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh,
0: the Rams got healthy uh, against the Falcons like every Ooh. other team in the NFL. Not sure how I feel about the Rams even after this, but uh, they did do what they were supposed to do, I suppose, against Atlanta, who is just just completely done. Uh, Jared Goff, a, a solid game, 268 and two touchdowns. didn't look like that early. He had to kind of navigate that early and then came on late. Uh, Todd Gurley, uh, another another tough one for him. It's just it's trending toward the end, unfortunately. 18 for 41.
2: He did catch a touchdown once. Nice again to catch too, today. by the way. Just just saying, you know, that was a nice catch. It was. Yeah. It was a nice catch. I know. Don't just, you get style just, points in your league? I get style points in mine. It is so sad to see this demise for him. This is Mark, where we are. This he, is he it right car- now. He
0: is he is carrying those touchdowns with you, and you are not complaining. And as long as he keeps doing this and plays the Marcus Allen role, give him the ball on the one, give him the ball in the red zone, fine. Just take it to the end of the year and don't ever draft this guy ever again. Uh, Henderson was a dud also, 11 for 31. In fact, so much so that they took him out of the game late too, and they started uh, running the ball with John Kelly because they were up so big, they were saving both these guys. Woods, 5 for 80, Cooks, 4 for 59. Everett's been pretty solid, 4 for 50. A big star, by the way, yesterday, Greg Zerline kicked a 55-yard field goal. If you get bonus points for 50s and three field goals, he had a great day for you. For the Falcons, Matt Ryan, 167 and an interception. He left hurt. Uh, I couldn't believe I forgot Matt Schaub was in the league. Threw for 100 yards and a touchdown. Matt Schaub didn't realize he was in the league either. Yeah, Uh, Julio Jones, great day, 6 for 93. Hooper, no catches first half. Second half, uh, 4 for 46 and a touchdown. And, of course, Devontae Freeman's... Career and season just keep sliding. Nineteen yards for him. Uh, threw a punch, got kicked out of the game, and th- that's the kind of thing as a fantasy owner that you're just. Oh, that oh, was
2: just God. horrible, especially coming off the first well-rounded all-purpose game of the year last week. You're like, okay, this is great. Like we were used to getting Devontae Freeman this year, just getting yards, luckily in the passing game, and he wasn't rushing the football. Then you had Ido Smith, kind of, you know, freak out. <laughs> and Then you go, okay, here's the here's the Devontae Freeman script, and then he gets thrown out of the damn game. You get that happening, you get the uh, the injury to Matt Ryan, and I just, I mean, it's over for Dan Quinn and the Falcons. It is just over, and it's just, uh, it's kind of sad. I mean, this was a team that was, you know, MVP quarterback, you know, looping the field, going to the Super Bowl, and then a couple years later, now look at look where we're at. I mean, it's just awful.
0: Yeah, you want, I mean, even though the Eagles, we'll talk about them in a minute, even though the Eagles uh, did, haven't played that well overall in the season, I think we can agree you wonder how the Falcons beat the Eagles in that
2: Sunday night game uh, back in September. Like you even wonder well, how they got those, any win. Well, that was another one of those games where it was like a bounce here and there. Remember towards the end of that game too, there was a couple of weird momentum changes if memory serves in the fourth quarter. So eh, look, it's, they did it home at least like it was in Atlanta. So you should win the home game, you know, but it's uh Falcons are this was it, you know, this was, I think this was the end, <laughs> you know, because the Rams needed this game. Certainly. But we can say that about the last couple games with the Rams. So that's when that's been frustrating. So good job by them. They bounced back, did they were supposed to do? And uh, the Falcons, I think, have just completely imploded on themselves. And that was, yeah. uh, that was a sad day for Atlanta Falcons fans.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not sure that I gained any more trust in the Rams, but I, I definitely, there's like a zero trust factor now with, with the Falcons. And certainly. If Matt Ryan is out, they're saying that, you know, we'll, we're as as we're doing the show, we don't know the answer to that. And I'm guessing today we will find they haven't out.
2: said a high ankle sprain. It just said sprain right now.
0: And the fact there's that just, walking there's, off there's no reason to board. even play him, but they may, you know, who knows? But either way, Julio
2: Jones is probably the only guy you would play in that entire lineup at this point. I, I don't think or Hooper actually. No, maybe I, I saw Hooper and I would still if Matt Ryan's on the field, I would still be looking at the matchups for Calvin Ridley because up until last week, the last two weeks have been very good for Calvin Ridley. So just keep that in mind too. No, Without, Ryan, I w- Without Ryan, that's different. Yeah, Jones is the only one. Maybe yeah. Hooper. And could you imagine uh, if he's out a significant period of time, that's another big time wide receiver you have to downgrade. In a year, that, that's, it feels like that's all we've done is take number one wide receivers. Juju, Devontae Adams, Antonio Brown, la, la, la. This goes on on. Tyreek Hill this yeah. time. Just Hopkins. downgrade, downgrade, downgrade. Crazy. Yeah. Hopkins has been oh, underwhelming. All Oh, yeah, all of them. Yeah, it's
0: been that kind of year. Worst right, first uh, round ever. Bills beat the Dolphins 31-21. This game was really tight for a while. Dolphins led this one actually going into the fourth quarter. And then, uh, of course, it became the Dolphins. So Kyle Allen uh, had a really good <laughs> second half. 202 yards, two touchdowns. Frank Josh Gore, Allen. not much of anything. Uh, yeah, Josh, Allen, excuse me. All right. uh, Gore 11 for 55. Singletary came back and the least we saw him. Uh, John Brown, five for five catches, 83 yards and a touchdown. And uh, Cole Beasley caught a touchdown after a, a disappointing game last week, came back to give you about 10 points. Uh, Fitz for Miami, 283, a touchdown and a pick. Walton, uh, it looks like the new running back in Miami for whatever that's worth. 14 carries, 66 yards. Kalen Balazs scored a touchdown. Devante Parker, who Miami's trying to move, five for 50 yards and a touchdown. Preston Williams, six for 82. And uh, look, with Fitzpatrick, it gives Miami some hope, Joe. But look, I mean, the bottom line is that until they play Cincinnati, you're just not playing any Dolphins in fantasy. And for Buffalo, they they don't have sexy matchups either. But you know that you pretty much in a bye week can count on a few of the guys that they have on their team, and that's about it.
2: Yeah, look, it's uh, Walton is the takeaway here. I, I definitely think on the Miami Dolphins side, 14 for 66. Not stunning, but, you know, pretty good, decent day. He had one 19-yard run. And if he's going to be the guy going forward, as Ken Drake in, uh, slips down to six carries in this one, that's something to take notice of. Especially a lot of teams are hurting at the running back position. A lot of teams are hurting everywhere. And bye weeks are still floating around. So that's definitely one to take on. And um, Singletary getting 11 carries here was surprising. I didn't know he was going to get that many. That's uh, almost as many as he's gotten the entire season in this game. So that was good just to get him back on the field. Frank Gore was surprisingly underwhelming in this game for me. 11 for 55? I expected way more. Now, granted, they were a little bit behind early on, but I'm still surprised that that was all Frank Gore got. I thought this was going to be much more Frank Gore. And maybe that's where they went wrong early on. I don't know. All I know is even though it was dicey in the beginning, it, it ended up being what it was supposed to be, which was a Dolphins loss and a Bills win. So good job by the Bills to kind of, I think it just came out flat from the buy a little bit, but they figured it out.
0: Yeah. And I think with the running back situation, I think that now we will start to see Singletary play a little bit more. It's just, look, we're in week eight, though. You know, like that's just kind of the problem is that you you have a, And this has happened with a lot of the running backs in fantasy this year, the second year in a row where it's been a complete disaster as far as trying to plant your flag and say, I think this rookie running back going to be great. Or I think that running (laughs) you've been wrong on all of them. They've all been bad this year, except for Jacobs. Jacobs is the one that seems now to have carved out a role with the Raiders. Mm -hmm. He's probably the only one. And yet he's
2: at the mercy of game script of the Raiders, which is a terrifying thought when you go week to week as you just did. uh,
0: Dynasty leagues, they're guys to own redraft leagues this year. You're in trouble. No question. Yeah, Knock him in a good class. Mm -hmm. All right. We'll uh, take a short time out here on Fantasy Sports Today. Among the things we'll discuss in the next segment, what in the world with Kirk Cousins? Wow, he's come alive to be great again. Also, the Jaguars and Bengals go at it. And this one turns out to be a close game for about three quarters, and then someone implodes. And then, yeah, not much fantasy with the 49ers and Redskins, but we'll touch on that game coming up next. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Bishop Joe Pizza, Don't go away.
1: Fantasy sports today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia.
0: And welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia, with you here on the Monday edition of the show. And we'll get to everything going on in the world of fantasy. According to Ian Rappaport, Matt Ryan is dealing with a sprained right ankle. And so uh, according to the quote, it's a managed injury. Who knows whether or not Ryan will play this week. And that will have to be something that here on this show we will cover starting tomorrow and Wednesday. But for now, we move on to some of the other games in fantasy, which included the Vikings putting their stamp on their season. They looked like the Vikings that we thought they would be at the beginning of the year. 42 points against the Lions. Wow. Lions put up 30. Kirk Cousins red hot now. All of a sudden, last three weeks, 337 Mm -hmm. and four touchdowns. Adam Thielen is another big story, of course, in fantasy. He saved your day with a touchdown, but got hurt. Stephon Diggs gets an immediate upgrade after uh, the developments from yesterday for sure. Seven catches, 142 yards. This is back-to-back really good games from him. Dalvin Cook is a monster. If, if you were redrafting right now, he'd be your second pick overall in fantasy, without a doubt. 25, oh, yeah. 142, two touchdowns. I still would take McCaffrey
2: first. I'd take Cook second, though. I'll tell you uh, what, it's it, some fantastic runs, too, like some real oh, strong running. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we're talking breaking tackles. We're talking, you know, uh, making cuts. We're talking, like, the kinds of extra yardage that makes you a fantasy stud. So it's not just like, oh, he's just enormous holes and he's just running amok. No, no, no. He is making his own path many times, especially oh, yeah. that that one run down by the goal too, where it was a it was a play to the right and he just stopped, ran into the lineman basically, and then turned around and just ran the other way and scored the touchdowns. It, it was a magnificent day for Delvin Cook. If you love watching great running backs play,
0: yeah, I would want uh, McCaffrey first. I would want Cook second. I probably would take Barkley three. And then I would take Lamar Jackson for. I don't care what kind of league it's in, quarterback or not. I want Lamar 100 yards every single week from a from a quarterback rushing the ball. I mean, this guy's on pace for 1,500 yards. We'll get to him in a second. uh, Irv, uh Smith, this is going to be an interesting name if Thielen is out. So let's circle that one for now. He had five catches for 60 yards, and then Kyle Rudolph woke up from his slumber and scored a <laughs> touchdown. Uh for, for the Lions, yeah, I, I think that we're trending in this direction. It's another year, another season of the Lions going the wrong way. Not surprising. Uh, Matthew Stafford, though, uh, great game for him. 364, four touchdowns, one pick. The annual Marvin Jones blow-up game was yesterday. Four touchdowns for him. Whew. Best game of the season for any receiver. 10 catches, wow. 93 yards. Amendola, eight for 105. Kenny Galladay will probably take uh, the Jones touchdowns next week. But for this week, he was the dud, four for 28. And then on Johnson, who got hurt in this game, was five for 23. And then uh, Ty Johnson ended up playing. Never heard of this, this guy. But Ty Johnson had 10 carries in the game. So that's another injury that we'll talk about a little later, Joe, that we'll have to keep an eye on because certainly on Johnson
2: one of the more solid RB2s out there that you could play on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, solid if not unspectacular. That's that's the way he's been, and that's fine. I think we'll take that. We'll take the guy that just shows up, but uh, Stafford, also the youngest player ever to reach 40,000 yards, so that's an impressive feat when you step back and realize some of the great quarterbacks <laughs> that have played during this era and that he's the youngest to ever reach that. It also says a lot about the Lions <laughs> playing from behind. Always. Uh, but I would say this, I would say this, Craig Mish. You and I a few weeks ago spent 13 minutes, an entire segment, on what's wrong with Kirk Cousins, and I think we fixed him. I think uh, this was your idea. It was you. You were the guy saying, "Let we're, let's do a whole segment about Kirk Cousins. Let's figure out what's going on and if people are overreacting, whatever it is." And we did the deep dive, and it's funny. Ever since, man, it's he's been right as rain. So you're welcome, Minnesota Vikings fans. Craig Mish brought to you the segment that is it's time to fix kirk cousins and figure out what the hell's going on and we did and sometimes just maybe we had to just unplug him and plug him back in that tends to be what happens with quarterbacks sometimes it just
0: didn't make sense that he would be that bad it, no. it just didn't make sense and i think it was think confidence
2: that, i think it was a confidence thing i i think, I think they
0: just completely changed after that week they said you know what we can't make him into something that he's not and and you know what he's not he's not a winner and so he's going to get to the playoffs joe he's going to lose he's going to throw three or four picks it's going to it's going to happen But in fantasy, do we care? No. So we want those touchdowns. The only difference between Cousins and Winston is that Cousins doesn't throw five picks and fumble three times every game. He just does it once in a while. And he will do that. And it will be in the first round or the second round of the playoffs. And that will be the end of Minnesota. But for now, you ride this wave while you can. And conversely, Joe, I got to tell you, at this point, I'm telling you now, I think the Lions are headed for a big tailspin. I think this is where this is every year with this team. This is where it begins. And it runs right into Thanksgiving and then they give you that turkey and they win and then they just roll off three or four more losses. I don't know. I just do not have the confidence in this
2: team. I know they got off to a really good start. I'm just not a believer. So I don't know. I mean, I think this is uh, you are not wrong in your assumption because you've you've been down this road before. But I think the the product you watched yesterday, I think they were just outclassed. And I think they were also kind of dragging the Monday night game along with them. It just felt like they were dragging that the fans were all dragging that Monday night game with them. And and you got to just dust that off. And at the end, at the end of the day, that's, that's not something that's going to help you win today. You know, you, you can't keep living in the past of what should have been, could have been all that stuff. And it just seems like they couldn't let that go. And look, you lose your arguably your best offensive player and carry on Johnson. It's not a good day. Like that's not gonna yeah. that's not gonna stack up for you. They've played better, but you know what? If they go south, you can also kind of hang that on the fact that they lost their running back for a significant period of time, too. But they have been more competitive overall, even in the losses. And if they let's say the let's say they beat the Chiefs, let's say that weird touchdown where the guy picked it up and ran back ninety-nine yeah, yards. Yeah, that was happen. a weird one. Yeah, let's say that didn't happen, and let's say they got the right call there against the Packers, all of a sudden this is a very different situation here for the Lions with a winning record with a 4-2 and two kind of record uh, or 4-2-1 and one. that's a very different scenario I think and I think there's only so many times a team can get I don't know I don't I mean I'm trying to find the perfect word for it but I don't know if there is one but unlucky disappointed <laughs> unlucky, whatever it is I mean and I think there's only well, so many times you can have that happen and bounce back from it
0: right well we'll see they play the Giants this week there's no excuses they lose this one and you know exactly where they're headed they're playing at home against the Giants agreed All right. Uh, Jacksonville took on Cincinnati yesterday, and uh, and the Bengals actually played very close for a while with this game. Uh, Minshew threw for 255 and a touchdown, also ran the ball relatively well. Leonard Fournette has really come on. He's been very good in the fantasy world and reality world. Another 131 yards for him. D.D. Westbrook had a monster game, by the way, too, in this one. Six catches, 103 yards. Uh, it looked pretty good. Uh, Chark took a back seat in this one, three for 53. Now, Dalton had arguably to me the worst three passes in the history of football that I've ever seen. <laughs> three consecutive passes that he threw were picked off. Like this is like the Nathan Peterman territory here. I mean, he was fine in the first half. He didn't really do that much. But again, three consecutive interceptions. One was returned for a touchdown. I mean, I don't know what Cincinnati does, but how do you, how do you play a guy that does that? Uh, Mixon, 10 carries, 2 yards. He caught a touchdown, so that saved his day. This kid Erickson was open a lot for Cincinnati yesterday at 6 catches for 137 yards. Uh, Tate had 3 for 65. Boyd was wide receiver 3, fine 5 for 55. A.J. Green, they had video of him warming up before the game. He looks fine. He doesn't want to play. So uh, Green probably not going to play at all for the Bengals this season. There's just no reason. Uh, I don't know. The, the The Bengals have this kid Finley who they're talking about potentially using, I don't know that they want to do that because that is literally throwing this kid into some major fire. and I don't think that he is the future at quarterback for the Bengals, but well, like, look at- Joe, 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 they had a chance to win this game. Like they yeah. were right there in the fourth quarter until this dude just started throwing ducks up. Like I don't know what was going on in that.
2: He game. did. And look, he from a fantasy perspective, though, he still dropped 18 points, which is staggering because he had the rushing touchdown. So that that the rushing touchdown, the 4 for 33 on the ground, actually helped him quite a bit. That was an extra nine points, just kind of thrown into nah, yeah. It but, offset I mean, fantasy, the fantasy absolutely. No, right. Reality. He oh should not no. Be field well, anymore. but this is the different. The point I'm making is this, which is you know, if you're in a two quarterback league and you own Andy Dalton, you should be very afraid. Because because even though the the stats showed up in terms of numbers and point totals, the play on the field was not good. So I think that's that's the exact point the, the one you're making. I'm trying to translate into fantasy is, is absolutely right. You need to start figuring out a, a better a better situation here because I think you I don't know if Finley's the answer. I think you kind of ride out the year with Andy Dalton. I would be surprised if they made a change of quarterback, maybe the last week of the season or something, just to give a kid a start, but I don't know. I think Dalton's been there so long. I think you just kind of owe it to him to ride it out because you know you're terrible anyway. I don't think you have a better chance to win football games with the other kid. I just don't.
0: I don't think so either. Their offensive line also uh, was missing another player who they suspended. How about that Joe that Mixon game. line? Can we can we talk about that? Ten carries shame. for two yards. Just a shame. I mean, this, this guy, this guy's bad. This, this he's he's putting up the the David Johnson numbers of last year. I mean, he's another doing exactly
2: first round bust. I mean, I have. Man, Mixon first round in fantasy. He was yet? a late first round pick. Yeah, wow. sure. A lot of people late first round, early second, somewhere in that around the turn. He was in that same grouping discussion as Dalvin Cook. It, it, <laughs> it's just and Nick Chubb like that. Those were the three guys, and the consensus will tell you. Here, I can pull up the fantasy pros for you a second. Um, Mixon was ranked ninth overall. This was as of August the thirty first. It looks like somewhere around there, like the late August. Uh, Joe Mixon, number nine, overall Dalvin cook, number 10, overall Todd Gurley, number 11, overall, overall Nick Chubb, 12, Damien Williams, 13, Leonard Fournette, 14. So there you go.
0: Right. in running back rankings, but I think in Mixon the second back, Mixon second round Mixon, pick in a lot Mixon of games.
2: was, I, again, do uh, a lot of traps. Mixon was a guy going as early as nine and as late as the middle of the second round. He was, it was one of those guys that people either had to reach on or collectively a lot of owners in some leagues didn't. So, So so sad. At least at least
0: he saved these guys. Some of these guys are saving their days with these garbage touchdowns, like he and Gurley. Like they get a touchdown, and you're like, oh okay. At least I got my ten points. It's like crazy. I mean, you you never would have thought it would come down to that. It is. It is. (laughs) This Uh, is what some do. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like it's every year with with some of this luck, but in in general, with with some of these guys in the first round for sure. All right, uh, 40s and, 49ers and and Redskins, we don't need to spend a ton of time on this because for fantasy, there really wasn't much. It was nothing, nothing at the half. Garoppolo, I'm not really sure what you would do with him in any fantasy league. Like The, the team's winning games. He's just not putting up any fantasy points, 151 yards and a pick. Tevin Coleman, uh, all of a sudden in the second half, became the guy because Breida was in concussion protocol, but he came back and was okay. 20 carries, 62 yards. The bottom line is San Francisco ran the ball again 39 times. They're running the ball almost 40 times a game, so you know what the end-up score is going to be in this one. Uh, Goodwin had a concussion. He did not return. Kendall Bourne made an appearance, 3 for 69. Unfortunately for George Kittle, another down day, 3 for 39 for him. Uh, Adrian Peterson opened up the game for Washington with about 50 yards in the first quarter, and then the 49ers said no more of this. 20 for 81 on the day. Not terrible. Could have been worse. Case Keenum only 77 yards passing. Uh, Terry McLaurin against the tough uh, 49ers defense, unfortunately only had one catch. I have nothing else to say.
2: I mean, uh, I think the only thing you say in this one, it's just the rain. It's just, it it was just, (laughs) their field also is horrible. Oh, the the, field was uh, terrible. So you're not wrong about Garoppolo. He's not uh, necessarily the greatest fantasy quarterback, but I will say this next week. He's got the Panthers at home. Then after that, two of the next three weeks, he's playing the Cardinals defense. So, I would say this: If you are looking for a second quarterback, if you're a little worried about Andy Dalton, Jimmy Garoppolo is the perfect guy to get in this stretch. Because, yeah, the, the Panthers matchup, okay, you know, we could talk about that. Panthers show up sometimes, don't it gets a little dicey, but it is at home, and the matchups he's got coming up, he's got the Seahawks in San Francisco, and then in between that, um, oh, that game, I should say, the Seahawks are sandwiched in there outside of two uh, Cardinals or the piece of bread on the either side. So that's that's a good thing. So there's going to be some good matchups here for him in the next couple months, the next month or so. So keep that in mind if you're looking for a quarterback to add on the cheap, especially after a down game like this in the rain. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people own Garoppolo. It's just playing him is the hard thing. People just are wanting more than they're getting from him. Well, the hard part is the forecast wise, too. I think everybody's like, okay, it's rain and rain is not typically something that. No, it's not. You overreact to. It was the condition of the field in that rain that was just unmanageable. I mean, they could not get any foot. It was just, I mean, they changed shoes a million times. Like, it was just a complete none disaster. So I always feel bad for the cleanup squad. Like, could you imagine that people have to clean the locker room after a game? (laughs) Nobody talks about those people who do that kind of work. These are the things I think about. There you go.
0: Man of the people. We got the best of the first hour coming up next. Then we'll dive into the Cardinals and Giants. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Hour number one wraps up after this.
1: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia.
0: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up
2: the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. You and I, a few weeks ago, spent 13 minutes, an entire segment, on what's wrong with Kirk Cousins. And I think we fixed him. I think uh, this was your idea. It was you. You were the guy saying, Let, we're, let's do a whole segment about Kirk Cousins. Let's figure out what's going on. And if people are overreacting, whatever it is. And we did the deep dive. And it's funny, ever since, man, it's he's been right as rain. So you're welcome, Minnesota Vikings fans. Craig Mish brought to you the segment that is it's time to fix Kirk Cousins and figure out what the hell's going on. And we did. And sometimes just maybe we had to just unplug him and plug him back in. That tends to be what happens with quarterbacks sometimes.
0: It just didn't make sense that he would be that bad. It, no. it just didn't make sense. And I think it was think confidence.
2: That, I think it was a confidence thing. Was, I think, I think they
0: just completely changed after that week. They said, you know what? We can't make him into something that he's not. And, and you know what? He's not. He's not a winner. And so he's going to get to the playoffs. Joe, he's going to lose. He's going to throw three or four picks. It's going to it's going to happen. But in fantasy, do we care? No. So we want those touchdowns. The only difference between Cousins and Winston is that Cousins doesn't throw five picks and fumble three times every game. He just does it once in a while. And he will do that. And it will be in the first round or the second round of the playoffs. And that will be the end of Minnesota. But for now, you ride this wave while you can. And conversely, Joe, I got to tell you, at this point, I'm telling you now, I think the Lions are headed for a big tailspin. I think this is where this is every year with this team. This is where it begins. And it runs right into Thanksgiving and then they give you that turkey and then they win and then they just roll off three or four more losses. I don't know. I just do not have the confidence in this team. I know they got off to a really good start. I'm just not a believer.